Hello, gardeners and neighbors and friends. Upside down tulips is in our Persephone period, which means during this time we are publishing new shows biweekly. Every other week we will share a brand new episode for everyone. On the off week, we will repeat favorite episodes. And this week we have for you an encore of one of our most popular episodes from last April. How to grow herbs here today, tarragon tomorrow. Is it herbs or herbs? Well, eat it. I guess you'll just have to listen and find out. Huh. It's also fun to hear us complain about the big April snowstorm. You know, that was the last time it snowed in Denver. We sure could use some of that snow now. That's for sure. Also, friends, on the off week, we will publish a special new pot play just for the garden party. This week, these good-looking folks get a brand new installment of The Old Woman Who Lived in a Shoe, starring Billy McBride. If you want to hear this new pod play, just become a member of the garden party. That means you are a patron, a supporter of Upside Down Tulips. And you can join for as little as two bucks a month. That's not much at all. Just go to our website at UpsideDownTulips.com or click on the link in the show notes. And now enjoy how to grow herbs <laughs> here today, tarragon tomorrow. And make sure you stick around for the end. We've got a letter from Australia with some great seed starting hacks. Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. What did Nancy Reagan say when Ronald asked her if she wanted a new herb garden? Uh, just say no. <laughs> oh, Reagan, no. Oh, Reagan, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that's so bad. <laughs> it's oregano. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Reagan, no. It's <laughs> horrible. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Hi, everybody. Hi, Christy. Hi, Edith. How are you? Hey, what about that snow? <laughs> oh, it never stopped. It Why has not stopped stop? snowing. Why would it stop? It's only nearly May. Do you remember when I said it could snow as much as it wants to yes. in April as long as it doesn't snow in May? Uh-huh. I take that back. Seriously. it's You know what? I checked my garden journal. The last time I did anything in the garden was 11 days ago. It has been a stretch of cold snow or too wet to go in the garden for 11 days in April when we're supposed to be planting cold stuff. And there's so much stuff to do. There's so much to do. Well, <sighs> this weekend's going to be nice. We're going to get out there. Yes. Yes, we are. If I mean, I don't know how many Bokashi buckets I can start. Started another one today. What does it mean when you start a Bokashi bucket? That means that I have been saving up kitchen scraps and stuff, and I uh -huh. put it in the bucket, and I put the, what do you call it? The, the spear, beer, grains? beer grains in it. And I weigh it down with rocks. Oh, so that's like starting a whole new bucket. I'm starting a whole new bucket. Oh, my goodness. I got nothing to do. <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, and now we can do our podcast. We can do the podcast. Okay, I do have a bit of really good news, and people might really appreciate this. Because I didn't know this last week. When we did trees, was uh -huh. that last week? Uh, it was several weeks ago, Time Edith, has my friend. Time has stood still. Last I'm sorry. week we did fruit. 
Oh, that's what I mean. Fruit oh, trees. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, this is so relevant. Okay. So remember how worried I was because it got down to what, 19? Yeah. And I thought, we're losing my peaches again. I found a way to find out if the blossoms are dead. So before they open up, you go over, take a blossom and open it up. Get all the way to the center. And if the pistol, that's the little thing that sticks up, if yes. it's black, is dead. If it's green, it's living. Well, the good news is my peach tree, I'm going to have peaches unless we get like, you know, another 17 degrees at night. I'm so happy. What are we talking about this week, Edith? Um, um, oh, herbs. We're talking about herbs. Yes, we're talking about herbs. <laughs> You've this thrown week. me for a loop I'm at so the sorry. top of the podcast. I'm in a loop already. Okay. Herbs or herbs, right? Which is which? I don't know, Christy. Well, Do people will have know. to stay and find out okay. what it should be. As, as I guess I have to, too. Now I have to do the whole podcast just to see what Christy says about herbs versus, versus herbs. Easy for you to say. Obviously. Okay. And we have a member of our garden party to thank, Edith. Oh, let's thank her. I love thanking members of our garden party. Would her name be Lori? That's right. It's my sister, Aww. Lori S., who's a member of our garden party. Thanks, family members, for joining and becoming a patron. But we also have friends and people that we don't know who are members of our garden party. And you folks out there can be a patron also. Yeah, because we're not lying about that. We would not lie to you. Mm-mm. What it means is that you're supporting our podcast by throwing a couple bucks our way each month so we can continue to provide you with our pithy comments and garden information. Yes, and, and humorous observations. And you also get fun rewards. Just click on the show notes there about joining the garden party to get more information about it. And we appreciate it if you join. Yes, thank you so much for doing that. No pressure. Mm-mm, none. And you can also click on a link in the show notes to find out about how you can get Upside Down Tulips merch. Merch is uh, stuff we have that we're selling you know, like T-shirts and mugs and... Totes. Totes. Garden journals, which... Yes. I'm not kidding, Christy. This is the first year I've kept a really good garden journal. It's made a world of difference. I knew it's been 11 days since I was out there because of my garden journal. Nice. Mm-hmm. You you're, you can get one with the Upside Down Tulips logo on it, or you can also get one that says, when in doubt, mulch it. Love that. Love it. Mulch it. Mm-hmm. I got five bags of mulch just waiting to go in the ground and... Too cold, too snowy. Oh, my gosh. What else is going on in your garden? Um, honestly, I think that's it. I think that's literally it. Nothing hit. Okay, so I still have spinach coming up. I still have a little. The radishes have not died. Things have not died. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. And that, that's about all I can say. Things have not died, even though it got so, so cold. It's been really depressing, in my opinion. It kind of has been, yeah. And and I look out there, and there's so much to do. Yeah. Edith, I haven't even touched my vegetable garden yet. I'm so embarrassed to say. And I went out there, because this, this round of snow has melted, uh-huh. and the weeds out there in the vegetable oh, garden yes. are so huge. And then I have all these flowers that have self-sown in the vegetable bed. Oh, like, no, Yeah. Like California poppies and batcher buttons. Morning glories, have they they're also? All, yeah. They're all, and I have to pull them out. They love this wet weather. They just love it. And they can they can th- be against, they're good with the cold. And somehow, all the quack grass that I thought I got the upper hand on, uh-huh. boom, came back with a vengeance. Did it really? So I just see quack grass 
everywhere in my flower beds. I've only wow. cleaned out about half of them. However, there is there are some things to celebrate. Okay. So I did a little walkabout today, and uh, all the tulips and daffodils that got flattened are starting to spring back. Good. Bless their hearts. Good, good. The grapes, hyacinth in my yard are blooming, mm. which I love those. They look like little purple popsicles smells popping so good. up. Smells so good. Uh-huh. I have lilac that's budding out. Oh, good. And my spirea is budding out. My peace rose is budding out, but I didn't do anything about it because I'm not going to prune back my roses right. until the end of April, early May. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to keep, my, early May. keep mm-hmm. my eye on the weather. And as soon as it's more consistently in the mid-30s, I'll yes. prune that back. And Edith, what? I was out there looking around at stuff, and I have this one bed that's just a... I have never cleaned it out yet. It's all full of material from last fall. Yeah. But I happen to see a unique little spring come up. A little sprig that was like a deep burgundy. And I went, what the heck is that? And I went, that's Edith's peony she gave me last year. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? I'm serious. It lived? It lived. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Oh, I cannot wait to see because well, that's kind of cool. Hey, they're not easy to transplant, so good for you. Well, I think you gave me a couple of them. So I did. Maybe one made it. Well, that would but be it pretty was... good because they don't like being moved. Oh, that that's great. Oh, I really hope that works for you. And I wanted to share with you that I have a little um, garden news for you. Okay. So remember when that giant ship was stuck in the Suez Canal a couple yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. Well, how does that connect to gardening? You may wonder, Edith. I don't Edith, know. Huh? Did it have broccoli on board? <laughs> I don't know. Well, according to United Press International, fans of a peculiar long ornament that who are looking forward to adding yet another tiny statue to their collection may be out of luck, or at least in the UK. The country has been engulfed by a garden gnome shortage. Oh, no. Production of garden gnomes has slowed, owing in large part to the recent blockage of the Suez Canal by that cargo ship, which led to the reduction in the availability of the raw materials. So you couple that with the increased demand of garden gnomes by people who are going crazy over gardening these Uh days uh because of the pandemic. There are no gnomes out there. No gnome has been spared regardless of whether it's made of plastic, stone, or concrete. Huh. Well, gosh. There's a gnome shortage. There's a gnome shortage. There are no gnomes. I think we'll live, though. I think it'll be okay. Right? Right? In America, we're good. Oh, we're good here. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to all our friends in the UK. Yeah. And sorry, you know, especially because it's Earth Day today when we're taping. When Earth we're Day. taping, yes. Taping on Earth Day. Hey, did you know that the guy that came up with Earth Day who coined the phrase, Julian Koenig, also helped create the iconic Think Small campaign for Volkswagen? Really? Doesn't that make sense? A marketing guy. Yeah, I found this on the internet. I love that. You know, the internet has so many wonderful things. It has some good things and some really bad things, which we might talk about later. (laughs) Um, He, his birthday's on April 22nd. He would have have turned 100 today. And he called it Earth Day, he said, because it it rhymes with birthday. 
So that's the marketing brain, right? I I love that. Isn't I that never great? knew that. Oh, I thought that was interesting. That's so cool. Thank you. So, you know, we have that bit of interest. Um, you know how people are walking around the neighborhoods. Uh -huh. I walk around. Christy, we live in the same neighborhood. Have you noticed how many black houses there are? People painting their houses completely black? No. You haven't? No. Three. Three houses completely black on the when I walk here. Oh, classy. Well, I mean, it looks like the house is in a really bad mood. <laughs> You know, it's the strangest thing, Christy. Like, oh. like, like it's a big loaf of burnt toast or something. See, I thought of it like maybe it's a little black dress. It's nothing like a little black dress because oh. there's not a woman sticking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Christy, you know, black can look kind of nice. It's a big black house, totally black. It's that's so strange. Weird. That is weird, and it's a trend. You know how people go, "Oh, that's cool. I have to do that too." Yes. Even if they don't like it, they do it because somebody else did it. Yes. It's important to be trendy, Edith. We, I guess it is. Look at me wearing bell bottoms. How trendy is this? You're so cool. Aren't I so cool? Because they're not <laughs> trending. I'm pretty sure they're not trending. You're cool too, Christy. Hey, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. So friends, if you hear words or terms you're not familiar with and you go, what does that mean? What in the world? And you want a good laugh? Check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. We wrote it, folks. It's original. It's not like Webster or Merriam-Webster. No. It's Upside Down Tulips. If you haven't been in there a while, you should check it out. We add new things all the time. We, we just do. added some new definitions this week. Uh-huh. And that's at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or you can click on the link in our show notes. Yeah. Do, why don't you do that? If you want to see pictures of our gardens, inspirations, gardening jokes, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We have a fabulous Facebook page, folks. We really do. And we have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up for our newsletter for updates, jokes, funny garden signs, etc. It, it'll be a bright spot in your inbox every week. Well, Helen, that was a productive trip to the big box store. Totally worth the long drive. Got the trunk all loaded up and we are ready to start a great season in the garden. We've got weed assassinator, flower steroids, and Red Bull for tomatoes. Did you remember the bug poison, Sam? Bah humbug spray, yep. And I picked up a new dandelion killer. It will blow you away. What's it called? No, that's what it's called. It will blow you away. Oh, well, good. I can't wait to start spraying everything. Where the heck are we? Ever since we turned off the highway, my GPS hasn't been working. Oh, none of this looks right. Alexa, directions for home. Huh, Alexa's not working either. Weird. I don't even know what state we're in. Siri, are we in Missouri? Tennessee? Louisiana? Oklahoma? Siri, where are we? Huh. Well, if we're going to get lost, at least it's mighty pretty around these parts. Helen, look at those beautiful forests. Just about as fine as a frog's hair. And those mountains sure put the sugar in my tea. Lord, have mercy. Is that a sign for hot springs? Welcome to the natural state. <gasps> My GPS is working again, if that don't beat all. 
Where, for goodness sake, is the natural state? Well, stick a fork in me. We must be in Arkansas. How do you figure, Sam? Arkansas's state motto is the natural state. Isn't that fitting as all get out? I can't prove God is from Arkansas, but I know for sure he has family here. The natural state is the state of mind for gardeners who are aware of the environmental impact that synthetic, chemical, or artificial fertilizer and pesticides can have in their garden. The natural state results in a natural garden made of organic matter and in cooperation with nature, resulting in a continually evolving dance that allows you to be a full participant in your garden. That sounds mighty fine. If I had my druthers, I would garden in the natural state. Me too. But I'm not sure how to get there. Even a blind hog finds an acorn sometimes. Take your next left. Your destination is on the right. Hold your horses. It's a local nursery. You have arrived. They have native plants, rain barrels, and compost bins, and mulch. And ladybugs! Sweetie, act like you've been out of the barn before and pull over. Then let's properly dispose of all these chemicals and start gardening in the natural state. Bless your heart, Sam. And when we get home, I have some other ideas on how we can get in the natural state. In the bedroom. Oh, ooh, ooh, pig stewie. The natural state. The best state of mind for gardeners. This has been a public service announcement from Upside Down Tulips. Go Razorbacks. Let's talk herbs, Edith. Let's talk herbs or herbs. We will. Let's talk it. Herbs or herbs? I don't know, Christy, which is right. Well, the correct term is herb. Is it? This is the British word, and the British have been pronouncing it this way for thousands of years. However, the French pronounce it herb with a silent H, and Americans Mm -hmm. sometimes arbitrarily decide how they will pronounce a word in the French style, even if it is an English word. So that's why Americans leave the silent H in herb just as the french do i well you know we have had discussions on how lusty the french are Mm -hmm. and there they go again they don't have the time to say the h because they're busy being lusty well you know i'm half french i know you are (laughs) and you are a case in point my friend (laughs) hey edith what christy do you know what the most popular spice in the world is is it baby Um, it is actually cumin. That's my favorite. That's my favorite spice, my favorite taste. Nice. That is great. Okay, you know, you you can't... Have you known anyone to grow it here? No. Because it needs a really, really, really long, long growing season. Oh. And it has to be... It can go... The temperature can go no lower than 60 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Which... and. Plus, on top of a long growing, so that's why it's a Mediterranean oh. spice, and that's why we can't grow it here. Although I might try growing it inside, we'll talk about that later. Oh, that sounds fun! Yeah, 
Do you know why there are some people who think cilantro tastes like soap? Because those people are the devil? (laughs) 10% of our audience just left. (laughs) And 90% are making themselves a burrito full of cilantro. Well, I didn't know this, but apparently the issue is genetic. Uh Uh-huh. That people who think cilantro tastes like soap have a variation in a group of their olfactory receptor genes that allows them to strongly perceive the soapy flavored, I'm going to pronounce this so wrong, aldehydes. That's so... And cilantro Oh, leaves. that's really interesting. And when they did a survey of identical twins, uh-huh. 80% of twins... Yeah. Had the same preference? Yes. That's this, right. Oh, my gosh. I'm, 80, so, yeah. I'm so sorry that I called them the devil. Now I feel bad. I feel bad. They it's were born genetic. that way. They were born that way. It's genetic. Understood. What's the easiest herb for people to grow, Edith? For me, uh, can I say for me, it's yeah. parsley? Yeah. Is that what it is? I think so. For everybody? Yeah. So easy to grow. You don't have to do hardly anything. Okay, do you my, have any mine, more? mine over winters. Um, I think, I don't think mine did this year. I just, but oh. I've got so many, it has self-sown. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. I noticed it today when I went and I did my little walkabout. Nice. Yeah. It's hard to keep mine all contained in its own little spot because it'll self-sew everywhere. And then the root on a parsley is so deep. Yes. It's hard to dig it up. But boy, I sure love it. I and do too. Do you remember when we and we said our favorite gardening mistakes of 2020? Yeah. And one of mine was I forgot to do that last harvest of parsley. Yeah. Because then I would dry it and then I would have... Be able you, to enjoy parsley would, all winter long. And you were damned if you were going to buy it at the store. And I was like, yes, why would we buy it at the store? Well, I didn't do that last harvest. And guess what I had to do two weeks ago? What? I had to buy freaking parsley. Oh. Very annoying. Do you like flat leaf or do you like curls? I have both. Good for you. Let's talk about perennial herbs and then we'll talk about annual herbs, Okay. 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 What are some of your favorite perennial herbs? Folks, these are herbs that will come back. Season after season. I'm afraid I have to start out with a bit of embarrassment about this whole perennial herb thing. I thought I have gotten oregano, marjoram, and thyme mixed up for years. <laughs> I do. So your recipes are all, yes. all over the place. Yes. Christy, <laughs> look, at, look at me. I made charts today. I made charts uh-huh. to try to figure out what the heck it is I'm growing. Now look. I see your charts. They're beautiful. See, well, this one, everything is yellow because apparently my printer ran out of green. Yeah, you have a new printer toner, yeah. I swear. So then I looked it up. Marjoram and oregano are very similar. I'm not, you know, a lot of people make that mistake. But thyme is what I thought was oregano. And I've been using it upside down in my upside down. But it's still. upside down. Upside down. But anyway, yeah. Thyme has tiny, tiny little leaves. And it's more woody. Yep, 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 okay. And oregano has a little larger leaf, uh-huh. and it has a purple flower. Do you know what I, I love to do a lot of times, though? Um, you make a bouquet, a, how do you say, garni, bouquet garni? Yeah, uh-huh. Which is I just go in the height of the summer, and I snip a whole bunch of herbs, tie them together with a clean something, and stick them in a pot of soup when I'm making soup or something anyway. It all works together because they're all absolutely Yeah, delicious. it all works together. Yeah. So you grow also marjoram. I do. Mm-hmm. 
I always know marjoram slightly different because it has a, a bit more of a citrusy flavor to okay. it. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's an herb I use when I make herbs de Provence every year. Oh. So if you remember, folks, as a Christmas gift, I gave everybody yes. herbs de Provence mm-hmm. from all the herbs grown from my own garden. Boy, that's that a satisfying feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. Do you, do you know what, what my, my favorite, my very favorite perennial is uh, chives? Yes. And then I also have garlic chives, which self, which just, they just jump all over the place. I mean, they're all over my yard now. You know, some of my chives, the little purple flower is starting to form. Already? Yeah. But it's underneath a tree. So it might be getting, you know, warmer. It might be a warmer microclimate in my yard. But it's going straight to seed, in other words? No, no, no. The little purple flower is starting to come out. You know, when it buds. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Does your chive, does your chive no, have a flower? Once it, once it goes into that little purple puffball, that's yeah. the step before it makes seeds. Yes. So usually it's tall and that doesn't usually happen for a month or so. I'm not saying it has already bloomed. I'm saying that the little oh, the little bud thing, the, oh, is the about bud. to burst open. Oh, okay. It's a, my, my chives are about to flower. Okay. And it has a little purple bulb on it. Okay. Now I know what you mean. Yeah. Beautiful. Did you know, you know, I, the, I this chart that I made you, mm-hmm. did you know that there's an herb called estragon? Like in like in Waiting for Godot. Vladimir and estragon. And estragon. It's right there. Estragon. Wow. I had no idea. Did you? No, me. I did not. I did not either. Everybody's having these horrible flashbacks to um, 12th grade English class when they read Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. <laughs> hey, we don't get... <laughs> and now we know it's nothing but an herb. Okay. Um, I have mint. I know you have mint this year. I do. I have a lot of different kinds of mint. I have spearmint, mm-hmm. chocolate mint, apple mint, and orange mint. That's going to be wonderful. All for mojitos. All for, all for mojitos. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so But I also good. like it too. Like if I'm... You know, walking around the garden, sometimes I'll just take a little piece of the mint uh-huh. and I'll rub it and then I'll throw it on my coffee. In your coffee? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a little minty, little orange minty coffee. Or... Oh, that would be delicious. Or tea. Yes. That would be good too. That would be great. Okay, so what other, what other sage? Yes. I love sage. Oh my gosh, do I ever love sage? I have a sage. Um, so easy to grow. So easy to grow. You don't do anything. You know what's even easier than the garden sage is the Russian sage. Yes. Can we talk about that just for a second? I didn't know that was considered to be an herb. Not really. I'm just saying it's a really interesting. <laughs> and I did the research, so I don't want to waste it. Oh, don't waste your research, <laughs> Listen, This is really interesting uh-huh. because it, it does not need good soil. It does not need a lot. It's perfect for zero scaping. It brings the bees, the butterflies. It turns out to be three feet wide. Yeah, mine is huge. And it's beautiful. I have mine right by the mailbox. I always feel bad for my mail carrier when all the bees are buzzing around Ooh, it. Right. Right now mine is really smushed down. I got to cut it all back. I do too, which we can do at the beginning of May. I looked it up. And the other the other thing I wanted to mention is on the when I looked it up on the internet, on the same website, one of them said you can eat the flowers. And then two, par- out. two paragraphs later, it said... Don't eat anything on this. It's toxic and poisonous. Same article. Weird. Then it said, if you take the leaves and smoke them, it has euphoric properties. Oh. 
Not that we're recommending that. We don't need it. We have pot. Not that I do that because I don't. Because we but, like wine. Because, well, there you go. But isn't that interesting? Maybe it just meant you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. The internet was talking straight to me. You know, in the scheme of things that came back, yeah, that I'm going around my garden today, yeah, I realized that last year I planted tarragon. I always thought it was an annual. Yeah. And I looked out there where I planted it before, and I went, oh my gosh, that's my tarragon coming back. Nice. And I looked it up today, and it said that it is a perennial, depending upon, of course, the zone you're in. Wow. And tarragon is has that wonderful licorice flavor uh-huh. that actually the French use it to make absinthe in it. Um, and, it, and it's a great plant. It's not bothered by insects or diseases. And it's not a very long-lived perennial, so eventually I'll have to dig it up and divide it up every couple years. But uh-huh. um, I'll have a big, huge bush of tarragon this year I'm pretty excited about. Well, I have never grown that, so I'm excited for you as well. And I figured out a little bit more about why I think my rosemary lived. Okay. And I think it has to do with the variety. Oh, what kind was it? The variety I got is called ARP. A-R-P, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I looked it up, and traditional rosemary is not good for winters below 30. Oh, <laughs> Which, wow. Which, let's be honest, wow. that happens here. Now, it, it every now and then it can get into the, the, the zero count, but usually yeah. I would say, you know, winter is the coldest it'll get, but it'll be in the 20s here in the Denver metro area. Well, ARP is good for zone 6 to 10, and it can be up, good up to z- zero. Wow. So I think that's why my my rosemary did a little better. That's really good, and it's really good that where you wherever you got it from, that they knew that, and we're not selling you something that they that would die easily. Yeah, got out of that's... a reputable nursery, a local nursery. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The other thing about rosemary, folks, depending upon where you live, just say you go. Well, I live in Zone Three. Then just treat it a rosemary as an annual and put it in a terracotta pot. Which is a good choice because rosemary likes to dry out in between. Rosemary doesn't like wet feet. Mm-hmm. So, and a terracotta pot is really good for getting that out. And then soon I'll have to go out and prune my rosemary as soon as it starts to bush out a little bit mm-hmm. more. Otherwise, it'll get all real stringy. So make sure you yeah. prune that back. I'll, I'll prune mine too, dead as it is. Sure. I'll do that. Oh, I'm sorry to bring, am I, am I causing you trauma? I'm triggering, by bringing you're up triggering your... me. <laughs> Ah, spring. Such a beautiful sunny Saturday. I love Colorado in May. Before I go to Edith's house to help out in her garden, always a good practice to stretch out first with a little yoga. Ah, sun salutation. Into plank. Then cobra. And downward dog. Halfway lift. And finish off with a sun salutation. Ah, nice. I'm off to Edith's house. (laughs) You know, so nice, I think I will skip. La 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 la. Hi, neighbor. Looking good. Well, hello to you too, kind stranger. And right back at ya. Careful there. Edith, hello! 
Ready to plant some roses? Just a second, Christy. Be right there. Just got to get my gloves on. There we go. Here I am. Oh, my God. Christy, what in the living French toast are you doing? What? Christy, you are in your birthday suit. Well, sure. You asked me to come help you plant in the natural state today. I didn't think you meant in Arkansas, whose state motto is the natural state. I meant natural as in organic, no pesticides. But today is the first Saturday in May. It's WNGD. Naturally, I assumed you meant me to come in my altogether. WNGD? Why, World Naked Gardening Day, silly. The annual international event celebrated on the first Saturday of May by gardeners and non-gardeners alike. The more important question is, why aren't you naked as that jaybird over there? Uh, what? Sure. Think of the benefits of bare, unabashed gardening, the satisfaction of exercising in the great outdoors, the attractiveness of an all-over tan, more vitamin D where the sun doesn't shine, and don't forget accepting all forms of the human body. It's been a thing since the Garden of Eden. Well... If you put it that way. Woohoo! There you go. World Naked Gardening Day. Tend to your portion of the world's garden unclothed as nature intended, in the natural state. But maybe not the roses. Ouch! Holy shiitake mushrooms, that's smart. Okay, Christy, now let's talk about annuals which are the plants that last for one season. Got to plant them every year. Got to plant them every year, depending on your zone. And it is so worth it, right? Right, because the best one is basil, in my opinion. Me too. Oh my gosh. There's nothing better than big, fat, juicy leaves of basil that you go out into your garden, Mm -hmm. and then you pick them, and you put them on pizza or your fresh tomato sauce, or you grind them up with some olive oil and garlic we'll and and, we'll and make a, a pesto tomatoes and and a mozzarella yes i mean that's that's like crazy salad and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of different types of basil you can get purple basil yes thai basil genovese which is those huge leaves that's my favorite sweet basil and it's a very good idea what i have found that i i throw seeds and kind of put them in around the tomatoes yeah they want their buddies they're buddies, and the tomatoes keep them from frying out in the oh, heat of the summer. Oh, that's a good summer. idea. Yeah, there's there's enough shade. They get enough sun, but also a little bit of shade. They're good. Yeah, plant them in the earth. They're also great in containers. In fact, yeah. I do both. And I, and sometimes I think my containers are better. Really? I get a better crop out of them from a container. I'm going to try that. I have so many containers. Since we haven't been able to work outside, I've been buying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I have, like instead of working in the garden, I'm buying garden mm-hmm. stuff. So I've got a lot mm-hmm. of pots. Last year I had great success with dill. Dill you have to plant oh, every year. Dill was the first time I planted it last year and I had a couple and I'm going to plant it again. I like it for the seed, but I use the fronds too when I pickle. Mm-hmm. And boy, when a dill plant is in flower, do the bees go crazy. Yeah. That's a great sight. It's a great smell too. It smells a little bit like summer. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, when you're just walking by and you just brush up against it. Yeah. It's really nice. Same thing is true with fennel. I usually 
I usually plant fennel every year or it has just self-sown. And most of the time I grow fennel just for the seed. I haven't been very successful on getting a good-sized bulb out of it. I have been totally unsuccessful with fennel, completely. I think mine last year, first time I tried to grow it, was an inch high. And then it was cold and it died. <laughs> so it was yeah. like nothing. Well, just go for the but seed. But I got to do it again. I got yeah. I got to do it again. They like to actually grow with Jill. They like, they're like good buddies. Oh, that's good that to know. And that aspect too. That's like good to know. I'll, I'll the do same them together. Amount. All right. And of course, we both love cilantro because we are not genetically disposed to think it tastes like soap. Right. And luckily, that's a self-sower. They are literally mm-hmm. all over my garden and I welcome them wherever they show up because yeah. they have such a short season when it gets really hot. Yes. They poop out. Unless you put a lawn chair over them. Unless you do the <laughs> lawn chair, it would have to be a really high lawn chair. Because yes. cilantro gets really mm-hmm. beautiful, big. And then you can always save the seeds, though, of cilantro because yep. then it magically turns into coriander. Yeah. It's a, and you can it's use that win, all year long. Win-win. All the wins mm-hmm. in one piece. Now, I'm winter sowing savory. That's an annual. Huh. Or can maybe it's a perennial in some next to the wood, but in, out here for us in Zone yeah. 5B, it's an yeah. annual. And I love that because it's, well, it's a member of the mint family. It has a nice peppery taste. And there can be a winter version or a summer version of it. I read this interesting fact about savory, which is that ancient Romans believed that savory was a natural aphrodisiac and used it to make love potions. And the reputation of it was so powerful that European monasteries forbid the growth of savory for fear that the monks would fall under its spell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. And that's where the term savory came from. So, you know, something could be sweet or something could be savory. Right. It's named after the herb savory. I did not know that. Which came first? The herb did. Oh, that's so great. Well, you know, there are certain ways of growing herbs that is different than all other plants. However, I think it's reassuring for folks to know that most of these herbs are easy to grow. And once they're planted, they don't require that much care besides watering and harvesting. And I think herb growing was my gateway drug to vegetable growing Uh because I, I love herbs so much and I wanted to grow herbs and I started with herbs. And then once you start growing basil and you see how easy that is, the next thing you know, you're growing tomatoes to go with them. Isn't that what people used to put like right out there, out their back door and call it a kitchen garden? So you're cooking, you run outside, you snip, snip, snip right out the door. Love that. That's what I do. Yeah, me too. I have it right out the back door. I have a thyme plant. Right outside the door. Uh-huh. And now my vegetable garden is a little more, way, my herb garden is, I have to go out a little bit a ways to get my chives and my oregano. Yeah. Uh, but boys, that's great to go well, out there. And what else is good about that is since it's by the house, it's a little more protected and warmer. Good point. So it gives them a little bit of a head start. They get their own little microclimate. Yeah. One thing about herbs is that, boy, they, they're most happy in full sun. So plant your herbs where they get at least six to eight hours of direct sunlight every day. Mm-hmm. Um, annual herbs like basil and dill can be planted right alongside your vegetables and right inside, and you put perennial verbs right inside your vegetable garden. Um, if you have herbs like oregano, thyme, and sage, it might be nice to have your own dedicated herb garden, which is what I do with those plants. And don't forget to mulch them when it's really hot. Because when in doubt, mulch it. Yes. Herbs like soil that drains well. Yeah, they don't like to have their feet wet. No, they Mm -hmm. don't. 
Um, you can do them in earth or in pots. They, they appreciate water, especially in hot or dry weather, but don't overdo it. If you overwater herbs like rosemary or thyme, because those plants come from drier parts of the world, mm-hmm. it can lead to root rot or disease. And be careful of adding too much plant food to any of your herbs. Yeah. Because what you'll get is you'll get a, more leaves, but yeah. it will take away the wonderful oils. It's right. Really right. what it is, it's about stressing the herbs a little bit so that the oils increase to protect the plant and then they'll taste juicier and that is such a good point. That's a really good point, Christy. Good. And your herbs will be most happy if you trim them often. Yeah, use them. Don't the, let them grow all, because yeah. the more you cut and use, the more they'll grow. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much down yeah. the line for herbs, yeah. right? That's yeah, just anything. be careful not to cut more than one third at any time. Yeah. As soon as you see flowers, nip them off. Or your plants will stop, fo- will stop focusing their energy on the tasty growth. Also, if you really, really love love an herb so much, take it inside for the winter. Yeah. And some of the same rules apply. Terracotta, they, that's the best thing to put them in when they're in the house. You want to put them together so they can create a bit of a microclimate. You want to mist them. You want to put them close to the sun, as close as you can, mm. south window. You want to remember to turn them regularly. If you water them uh, in the house, which you would want to, of course, um, try to use, if you have chlorinated water, don't use that. Oh, yeah, you good really got to be good with the herbs in the house to keep them alive. So use filtered water or use, uh, what's the other water? Rainwater. Rain, rainwater. Mm-hmm. And he And this I thought was interesting. To cultivate the soil in an herb plant in the house, take a fork and just aerate the the soil a little bit. I love that. I love that too. Use a 555 fertilizer. So uh, t- try misting them with sparkling water if you want to get outrageous. That's fine. And this, I never thought of this, fresh air. Mm. They like fresh air. So even if it's wintertime, don't let some air in because they don't like the heat coming out of the things. Just like people. There like you fresh go. Air. Like people. Yes. And frequent pinching of stuff. Ouch! It, uh, <laughs> that kind of pinching. Ooh, yeah. Edith! Ooh. Oh my goodness! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, your plants like to be pinched, otherwise they'll get leggy inside. Yeah. And you may have to supplement them with a little bit of light. That's okay if you uh-huh. want to get a little grow light for yeah. them. They're all, little grow lights are all over the place. They're not that expensive. They, it also said use a fish emulsion every two or three weeks when they are actively growing. Now, Christy, I'm going to get me some of this fish emulsion. I've heard of that, and I know people who swear by it. You know what? Let's do it. We got to get some of that stuff. If we have, you know, I'm going to, because this year I am taking my rosemary in, and I am not letting it die. It can't. It won't. Good. Swear to it. Long live the rosemary. There you go. Hi, Edith. Hi, Christy. You're sitting there all excited, aren't you? I am excited because it's time for mailbag. Ring, ring. What do we got today, Christy? Well, friends, sit down and hold on to your horses because we got our first international letter. Come on. Really? From Australia. Very exciting. 
It goes, Dear Christy and Edith, Hi from Australia. Thanks for your wonderful podcast. I get so much out of it. I live in subtropical Brisbane, but last year I was in Denver staying with my partner Joe from October to December. He is a great veggie gardener, so I love listening to you two talk about gardening in Colorado and get a little insight to what it's like over there. My only experience so far is valiantly attempting to induce last-minute fruiting and ripening of tomatoes, only to have it snow for three days in a row and turn them all into a pustulant ball of grossness. (laughs) Next time I find myself gardening in a place where it snows, I'll harvest all the tomatoes and put them in an attic instead. (laughs) Forget about them and end up with a lovely art installation of various molds. Hmm, Edith, doesn't that sound familiar? I wonder that who did that. That sounds so familiar. I uh-huh. That sounds like a really brilliant idea, I think. I think so, too. And maybe the third time it happens, I'll put them in the attic and plaster the house with post-it notes saying, Remember the tomatoes! <laughs> it is good to know that, that that's a handy-dandy thing someone can do. <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who thinks of that. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, this year, I do not have any tomatoes in my attic. Good. She goes on. Okay. Anyway, I have a seed starting hack to share with you if you don't already know it. You take a nice, large, clear plastic box and lid, preferably repurposed. Good idea. Drill a few holes in the sides, about two centimeters above the bottom. Fill the box with a layer of sand up to the level of the holes, then fill that with a reservoir of water. Then you place your pre-watered seed trays on that, and they soak up whatever water they need. You can also drill a couple of holes in the lid for ventilation and pop that on to keep it nice and humid. I keep my box in a semi-shaded part of my garden, and my germination rates have skyrocketed. It's so great because I can pretty much set and forget my seeds. Maybe that would be useful in Denver where it's so dry and cold, especially if you don't have a sunny spot indoors to start seeds. Thanks again for the work you do on the podcast. I've learned so much and feel so much more connected to Denver. Love, Monique. P.S. Long live ornamental grasses. I like this, Monique. Yes, I love Monique's idea of... The, of repurposing a plastic box and making the reservoir on the bottom. I'm going to try that. That's like making their own greenhouse. Yeah. That's a great idea. And it reminds me a little bit of winter sowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out in the snow with milk jugs. Episode 25, take out your jugs and learn how to winter sow. Very popular episode. Very good letter, Monique. Thank you I so love much. That. And I love that she's from Australia. And I love that she loves... Ornamental grasses. Yeah, well, next week I'm going to have some info about ornamental grasses that just might change your mind. What? I have been researching and I haven't said anything yet, but <gasps> I will next week. Stay tuned, everybody. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, send us your favorite gardening stories, your successes, your flops. Gardening questions, do you have them? We love hearing from you. Are you growing any herbs? Are you? Mm-hmm. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or just check out the show notes. And now it's time, folks, for your inspiration of the week. Our inspiration of the week comes from Rudyard Kipling, who said, Gardens are not made by singing, Oh, how beautiful, and sitting in the shade. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That's kind of a get up and go. Yeah, yeah. Roll up your sleeves, folks. Yep. Get to work. It's good fun. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We're Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of Upside Down Tulips this episode, oh, could you do us a favor? Please go to your phone, which is probably right there. Share the show on social or with a friend who might also appreciate it. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com. Or you can find that link on our website. Special thanks to our talented and kind friend, Michael Morgan. Thank you. Join us next week for our tips and tricks on iris. Like, can they bloom after a week of snow? Oh, fingers crossed. Now don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. Did you ever notice that it worked. Denise Gentilini sounds like a pasta dish? Well, now that you said it, yeah. I would like an order of Denise Gentilini, please, with extra Parmesan cheese. I'd like mine.com, please. <laughs>